I wanted to do a hook in sign language, but I've realized that doesn't translate to podcasts. Stay tuned for General Amaya and the Dragon Prince. Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling, animation, and schlepping dragon eggs back to Zadia. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I don't know why I said Zadia like like that, but <laughs> today we're talking about the Dragon Prince, um, specifically concentrated on one um, character, depending on how you feel about the characters in the Dragon Prince, I would say one of the best side characters, uh, General Amaya. General oh, Amaya! Slash Aunt Amaya. Aunt Amaya! <laughs> Um, I, I just, I'm excited by this character and I know you are excited about this character, which is why we started, why we decided to talk about General Amaya. Yeah, it was so interesting. I, uh, was excited the first time she was on screen. I was like, wait, what's going on? Okay. I get it. I love this. Glad it's happening. <laughs> and I don't know why I was surprised because I, in preparing for this episode, someone pointed out that in Avatar The Last Airbender, of course, Toph. One of the main characters is blind. I was like, oh, okay, yes. These creators like characters of diversity and... All kinds. That. Yes. <laughs> oh, shocker. <laughs> Duh. Shouldn't have been surprised, but I'm surprised and delighted in the value of diversity once again. Well, what does that say, just in general, um, that... We are shocked and surprised to see people with disabilities in animation. Well, I think it's just, it boils down to this debate of like, is animation a genre or a medium? And if you're a follower of this podcast, you know that we fall hard on the side of it's a medium. Um, mm -hmm. But I've been seeing people talk more recently about like, if we want to say that animation is not a genre, maybe we shouldn't keep writing the same thing over and over again that makes animation a genre. Hmm. This particular speaker, not, not, not I, said the pig, uh, this particular speaker <laughs> was coming down hard about um, Pixar essentially having the same formula again and again and again and again, and therefore it's a genre now. Like, that's the animation genre. Yeah, but I would, I would argue that's a, that's the Pixar, Pic, Pic, Pixar um, movie genre. Um, I agree, but that's also the only animation that many people ever see. I suppose that's true. <laughs> so I'm not um, arguing the validity of medium or genre here. In including an Academy Award voters. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I went there. Um, You're not bitter. <laughs> uh, not this year, but about not one this year. year. This year they got it right. Um, they got it so right, but let's let's stop and not necessarily rewind, but let's let's pause for a moment. And for those listeners who check out our shows because they're not quite sure if they want to dive into something, let's talk a little bit about Dragon Prince in general, and then we can speak. Generally, I'm not trying to say general a lot, and then we can generally speak about um, generally Amaya speak. <laughs> as a, as a character, um, and then we can get get into 
why we enjoy her and what they're, how she operates within the world of the show itself. But we'll start with what is the Dragon Prince and why would somebody care about it? Well, one, it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> number two, I haven't done a lot of the digging on the entire uh, cast and crew and all of the, the talent that they bring with them and their backgrounds from many different shows. But the main thing to know about the background is a lot of the main creators have come from Avatar The Last Airbender, among other projects. Uh, and so if you're a, a fan of animation and you know Avatar and you know how wonderful that is, then you can assume that the Dragon Prince will follow suit. And it basically does. I saw one review that called Dragon Prince Game of Thrones, but animated and with more diversity. They're not wrong. They're very They're not, not wrong. It's very not wrong. There's dragons, there's kingdoms, there's maybe too many kingdoms to keep track of in season two. Five? I don't know. I've started losing track. It's like at <laughs> least four human kingdoms. Uh, there are five human kingdoms. Five human kingdoms. And I think two different, like, elf, loose democratic assemblages. <laughs> so, what is the main thrust of the story? Um, we're, we'll concentrate on season one, so we won't... Season two just got released. So, we're going to be spoiling some stuff in season one. We may... Um, sprinkle in some flavoring from season two but not not spoil anything we won't bring it all out we'll just bring some of that in f just for um zest like a mrs dash of season two not a fresh cut herbs of season two yeah oh totes yeah okay <laughs> we're totally gonna dash it um so what's, what's the main thrust of season one of The Dragon Prince? What's going on? As you might guess, it's about a dragon prince. It's the MacGuffin, essentially, of season one. You yes. got these two young princes that are suddenly orphaned, and they discover that their kingdom has kidnapped this egg that belongs to the dragon prince, who um, was thought to be dead. And they, with the help of an elf assassin leave, steal the egg, and start a journey to return the egg of the Dragon Prince to its mother to create peace between the magical and human worlds. That was very succinct. Thank you. I think about the Dragon Prince a lot. <laughs> and just to clarify, the two princes who find the egg, they're human princes. Yeah, not dragon princes. I'm trying to get the song Two Princes out of my head now. <laughs> So we have Callum, who's one of the main characters. We have um, Ezrin. Yes. Who's the younger prince. Who looks a lot like, oh, what's his name? What's the poet? Ezra Pound? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, it's Ezra Pound, Ezrin. That's how I remember it. <laughs> and there and then uh Rayla the moonshadow elf who is the assassin who 
spoilers, kills the king, or who is, she's, she doesn't kill the king, but her group of assassins kill the king. Her mentor father kills the king. Right. Her father? I don't know. Fothtor? Fothtor? Mendad? Mendad. And so they're put together and there's just a lot of... I just love that there's baked in a lot of dramatic irony that nobody... There's a lot of history baked in as we're getting started by episode three where they really take off on the journey. And then episode four, called Bloodthirsty, where we meet General Amaya for the first time. And And essentially at this point, they just decide to make a quick detour at the beginning of their journey to go to the place that they were supposed to go to flee the carnage in the first place, to retrieve an item that Callum wants to get. Right. I, I, it's another MacGuffin. MacGuffin like, 2. Like we have, <laughs> and it is pretty electric. Um, I mean, it reacts <laughs> You're to right. sky magic. <laughs> I didn't even intend for that to be true. <laughs> it is the electric boogaloo. That's, that's what we should call that. Um, <laughs> the electric boogaloo. You guys are welcome. Uh, and I, I think they're, they're headed off for this cube of all the magics the magic six magic sources it's like a pokedex for the magic you like point the right side at the thing that it is and it reacts and glows and so they headed back to where they were originally supposed to go in the first place as you said which is the hunting the winter lodge yes because winter is coming ah Winter is coming. They don't make that joke in this season. They don't. They should have. I I think they make it in season two. I think they are riffing on every fantasy thing in some way. And when we get to General Amaya, we'll talk through that. I agree with you that they're riffing, but they're also not just doing like a National Lampoon's fantasy movie. Right. It's not just parody. It's like, let's make fun of these other fantasy things by acknowledging their faults, but at the same time, doing it better. Right. And and also doing exactly what they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I do enjoy so far that we don't have anyone who is just evil for sport I feel yeah. like I feel like everybody has a conscious conscience and is operating on three or four different levels and they're not just one note as an epic adventure like animation connoisseur like if you start watching the show you might catch a couple things in season one um that I'm pretty sure are going to turn into, like, plot twists in season four or five. <laughs> you can see them. They're not going to dress it right now. But you can see that they're there. Really? I think so. Yeah, you have a couple of them? Well, I have a couple theories, but I don't have to share them now. Yeah, they're unrelated I mean, I, to General Maya. Right, right. So I, I just wanted to 
like say, okay, so you see some threads starting. Yeah. And the creators have said that they're willing to go on as long as, you know, the fans will be there for them. They got six elements, so naming each season after an element again in the show's magic world. We got six seasons. It's coming. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. There's six Netflix seasons, like every six months. Yeah, so we should be done by, like, next March. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do appreciate just one thing, generally speaking, about Dragon Prince. I do appreciate the look of the show. I do love that it looks 2D, but is 3D. And I know some of the... Um, I, I watched some behind the scenes about their trying to make this epic place with tons of locations, but using 2D and 3D to make that happen. So they're essentially stitching the backgrounds together very much in 3D modeling, but essentially they're just surfaces with 2D drawings and paintings on them. And Which then, reminds me a lot of Spider-Verse, too. Yeah, but then they're put together like a multi-plane camera. So it's really done like the old 1930s Snow Whites and, um, you know, Pinocchios and everything, where it's actual depth <laughs> that's put in there, but it's 2D depth. And mm -hmm. if you take it off the wrong angle you would see behind the stage flat, so to speak. <laughs> you know, the, if it's just looks like depth because of the way that they shot it and they built it out based on that shot and they don't have it from another angle <laughs> because they knew they were getting it from that. So it's very influenced by 2D. Yeah, I think this is a really exciting time to be an animation fan just because between this and Spider-Verse you can see people experimenting and trying to bring that like 2D heart and feeling into this streamlined 3D computer animated workflow mm -hmm. and it really does feel like we're seeing the birth of something amazing much like people seeing Snow White for the first time when they have that multiplane because I think that was the first multiplane uh, they had done it in a couple of shorts before to test it as they all, that's what they use their shorts as that testing ground. Um, I feel like TV is starting to be the testing ground um, a little bit more, but mm -hmm. but yeah, um, Snow White was the first place. The very first shot of Snow White is much like the very first shot of Beauty and the Beast, where it's like, oh, there's depth here i don't understand what how you're doing that i don't <laughs> and you know you're actually feeling like i'm inside of this larger world so yeah and some of the opening shots of the dragon prince in the very first episode i was like this is this is massive and um i watched like i said the behind the scenes and we'll put it in the show notes uh, this video, but then they pull back and then they sh show it from above and you just see <laughs> just basically stage flats that they, they painted all the way, running all the way back and like, see if you look at it from another angle it doesn't work, but from this one angle it's amazingly epic and beautiful. 
Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. Um, so, just if you haven't started watching it, I don't know why you haven't started watching it. You probably have your reasons. Um, but check it out. Check it out. And one of the best reasons to check it out is for General Amaya. Oh, General Amaya! So, who is General Amaya? Let's start there, just on who she is set in the story. And then let's talk about how she operates in a bigger world. Yes. So, General Amaya, also known as Aunt Amaya... um, is the aunt to both of the princes. So she's the sister of their mother, but their mother had Callum first and then met the king and got married to the king and then had Ezrin. And so they're half-brothers. I had to do some, like, ducktail-style, like, family mapping to get this. (laughs) Um, Anyway... Mom's out of the picture. Stay tuned. You'll learn more about that later. Um, and so then Aunt Amaya, General Amaya, is still around. And she's just this cool um, butt-kicking lady who has worked her way up and earned her way to be an actual like military general, not just like a handout. She is indeed tough and scary. And even if she weren't deaf, she'd already be like great female representation in a show that it's already full of lots of interesting diversity. And basically, she's Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, that's fair. Basically, she's <laughs> Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones. That's down to the haircut, pretty much. Haircut and hair color, armor, attitude, Brienne of Tarth, but, um, but deaf. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Uh, that's the first thought I had when I saw saw her walk up. I was like, oh my gosh, it's it's a Gwendolyn Christie character. Um, this is going to be good. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought when I saw her. Um, and then she gets better when you hear her speak. Yes. And there's it's trial by fire as an audience member because it's not like Aunt Amaya walks up and then one brother turns to you and says, ah, it's our aunt who's deaf as you know. So the first line that she has, she signs it. And as an audience member, you just take a minute to go like, okay, I know what this is, but I'm not used to seeing it in animation like this. Let me turn my brain back on. All right, I'm following. And that's great. You don't need preface for it. You shouldn't have to preface this. Right. You shouldn't have to preface anybody just being who they are. Like that. <laughs> we didn't say like, oh, you're a magician. You know, you're a sorcerer. Oh, you know, we did explain, hey, it's the dragon egg, because we don't know what that thing is. But uh, we did explain, oh, you're a moonshadow elf, but there's certain things that you don't have to explain if it's not part of, quote, the mythology that we don't share. Not that um, people who are deaf are a mythology, um, which I think is the point. Mm -hmm. Part of the, the real world. Yeah, and it's something that shouldn't need an explanation, and there's nothing about that that requires an explanation. Um, I was a little afraid 
when we saw her in a flashback in season two, and I won't say too much about this, just this is just a little dash, um, that they would try to explain her hearing loss or something like that. And I was very glad that, no, she's, she's still deaf in the past as well. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, now we have to explain you know, explain this. It's like, no, she's, she's deaf. That's who, who cares how long she's been deaf. It doesn't come into it. We don't have to explain how long Ezrin has liked pastry. They do, but they don't have to necessarily. Right. But that's a character quirk, not like part of who he is as a person. That's true. That's true. Anyway, um, what what I enjoyed, so her first line is, um, I'm trying to find it here. I had it, and then I scrolled. <laughs> um, I'm so glad you're safe. That's yeah. the first thing she says, and she says it in sign language and then her the voice that you hear is the voice that you would expect from if this character were male which is something else that I appreciate about General Amaya is that she is a commanding officer who is not a male character and there are no at no point anyone disregarding her because she is a woman mm-hmm. anywhere. Dragon Prince does the great, that doesn't succumb to the same fantasy world flaw that so many places do of uh, many fantasy genres, not fantasy genres, fantasy stories hmm. go to this magical kingdom where all kinds of things that are completely unbelievable happen Except the society still treat women and people of color the same way that our society treats them. <laughs> but because being in a magical fantasy world means that everything else is the same. Um, and I'm, I'm saying there could be dramaturgical reasons for that to be the same and f- to explore that. But if there isn't, you should do a dragon prince and have everyone be treated the same as they should be. Yeah, it's she has this rank and so she commands respect. And it's not by any other virtue than the fact that she deserves it. She's a commanding officer because it looks like she's worked her way through there. And it seems like there are a few people under her command that do speak sign language with her or you know can understand when she uses sign language and they respond back to her with either sign language or just in word so they may understand they may not be able to speak or sign themselves but there is that understanding and I do appreciate the the casting of um, Green who acts as her, her voice? He he does sound like a 
at some points it's very much this hot shot commanding officer character especially with um, General Amaya's second line which is um, I don't believe in locks <laughs> I don't I, believe in locks yeah the way he says it, it's like this very Captain Kirk you know um, really cocksure person who's <laughs> just like yeah I don't believe in this. And you start to recognize that I start to think about the, the interpreter character green being the voice that she has to use to, I don't want to say to command respect, but to give some sense of interesting authority to her, to maybe the audience. I was doing some reading about this, and I guess in the original draft of this episode, General Amaya could talk. Hmm. And it wasn't until later in the series they decided that they wanted to have a deaf character and they decided it should be her. Um, and so they had already cast Lieutenant Gren to be who he was and kind of be like this playful, like back and forth with General Amaya. And they were worried recording lines for this episode because they're like, oh, we cast this person, but not with the idea that you have to speak General Maya's lines to. Hmm. And they were very pleased that it came out the way it does. And I think because Lieutenant Grant is a character so over-eager, and you see that when he's saying his own dialogue, he's like, hi, nice to meet you, even when he's, spoilers, locked in a dungeon for weeks on end. He's always so eager and like so ready, like, okay, this is done now, I can go, right? And just so innocent. And then hmm. speaking General Maya's words, he does come off as captain kirk in nature um mm -hmm. because he's so eager to i think communicate what she's saying that that is how he imagines she would sound like yes and you don't get that until later on when he is like i think the first clue you get of that is later on in the is it the following episode uh, episode five where Yes, I think it's episode five where she leaves him there um, at the original kingdom um, to say, you know, Lieutenant Grant is going to stay here. And he stops and goes, oh, that's me. And <laughs> like this, this moment of realization, like, oh, that's me, uh, <laughs> that you start to hear him outside of Amaya. It's like, yes. and then you realize, oh no, I, th I thought he had this authority, but he's, he only has the authority because he's, you know, speaking for Amaya. And then when everything is stripped away, as you said, you know, when he's taken prisoner, you know, he's just, now it's just, you see that he had nothing. He was all voice. <laughs> He's a personality blank slate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's nothing there. Um, Which is good acting. That's not criticism. I love that. No, no, no. It's, yeah, definitely not criticism. I just love that there's that juxtaposition that the person who is her voice is just devoid of any ambition or thinking that he is equal to General Amaya in any way. 
I mean, you see that there is a relationship there, a friendship or, you know, a closeness. But you get to see that there is this... Um, this thing going on between them especially when she signs something to him that we don't get translated yeah which I also like they do that and I've never gone back and tried to look up like what she said because the emotion is there whenever there's something that isn't translated to us as an audience like it's okay that we don't need to know what she said and there's one scene um, that isn't translated that I would love your opinion on um, because I both like it and have dramaturgical issues with it. Oh, go on, do tell. So it's the scene where General Amaya ends up at the statue for her sister. Um, and we figure out that the sister was lost. Um, or, I mean, we don't figure out. We get just co another solid confirmation that the queen died. Um, she's not gone. There was not a divorce. There wasn't some spell. <laughs> she's, yeah. you know, she's not frozen in time. She's dead. Yeah. Um, and General, General Amaya is there at, at the statue and she she begins to sign something to her sister now the question that I have I don't know if I want to start with the question that I have let me start with this <laughs> um, I love the scene because they don't have to translate what she says and Gren doesn't interfere because he doesn't have to. That's not, there's nobody else there. It's just the two of them at the statue, and she's having a moment between her and her sister. Um, and I wonder if General Amaya would speak anything out loud, you know, if she were speaking. Would she speak something out loud to to her sister? And would she be using sign language to speak to her sister in that way? You know, I'm just I'm just I'm asking the question. I just wondered about it. I think yes, because that's how sign language is how she talked to her sister when she was alive. Mm -hmm. yeah at least that's how I feel like it's okay. it's enough of a um, a trope from movies and TV of like someone goes to the grave of their loved one and then has like a moment of either like asking for advice or like saying something like you know exactly what's going on because it it's a trope um, right so even not knowing the words you know like She's either she's communing with the spirit of her sister in some way. She's either promising to take care of the kids. Like, what what is she talking about? Let's 
in that moment is she's probably saying, you know, I found your kids and they're going to be okay. I promise that I'll take care of them. I'll do whatever it is in my power to protect them because I know that if it were, <laughs> if it were, uh, if it was swapped, I know you would do the same for me and you don't have to worry about it. I will, I'll do everything I can and, and they will live in a world that is safe or something. Yeah. Akin or to something. that. Because I think she also comes back at that point. Because this is after, from Amaya's perception, this evil elf Rayla has kidnapped her nephews. Right. And she comes back to find out that Virid is declaring himself king and that the princes are dead. So she causes more trouble back at the original kingdom. I'm a little bit... I'm not a little bit confused. I did... I, these threads are... We're just starting to see them start to be tied. And it's, it's just interesting to figure out who's trying to do what and who has failed at different things. So were there any other moments that you felt like weren't translated, um, but you felt dramaturgically, like, unsure about? I think that was the only one. I think the, the other ones either had a plot reason to exist, uh, whether that was her saying something untranslated to Gren when she leaves him there, which was in episode five, but... Um, I don't remember anything else in 4 that wasn't translated. Um, maybe a little bit between um, Callum and Amaya and what, mm. what Callum was saying. Oh, when he signed? When he signed. Okay. Which I was a little bit surprised to see him sign because earlier in the episode he was just speaking to her well i i like to imagine that it's something like um me in costa rica speaking spanish like generally i can kind of get the gist of what's going on and that's like a maya reading lips she kind of she knows what's happening maybe not all the exact words that are being said but she understands like the theme in the moment but <laughs> if you really want to get the exact words right you gotta sign and he had to be very specific about what he was saying. Yeah, I don't remember the exact moment, but that's my assumption dramaturgically in the scene. I just think of me trying to speak in Spanish in a foreign country. It happens. Maybe not in a pretty way, but it happens. <laughs> it comes up and she says, stop right there, elf. Callum, Ezrin, come here. Callum, we should just tell her. Boys, we should get away from her. And then he, he signs. Oh, that's when he's like trying to convince her that Rayla's a bloodthirsty monster? Right. Got it. Right. And she says, through, through Gren, it's okay, Callum. I've slain monsters before. <laughs> like, kill her. <laughs> like, I got this. Don't worry. 
<laughs> like it's probably like the worst thing he could have said to her. Yeah, they play with it, but he was trying to be clever, and I see what he did. I was. Tr- you see what he did? What What did he do? He was trying to play off the human perspective stereotype of the elves that they're awful monsters who come into their kingdom only when they want to kill people. She's trying to convince everyone to be scared of Rayla and that she's taken them hostage and that she will do something terrible if you come after us rather than trying to explain the situation and like wasting all that time and sitting down and doing all that fun stuff. And here's the question that I have. I wonder... Not that if that's what he actually said, but I I did start to wonder if she was lying and that's not what he had said and that he told her, we're taking the dragon prince back, please let us go. And she has to give her troops a reason and then send Corvus out because she needs to make it look like she's still going after the elf, but I... That feels a little overly complicated to me. I know, saying it out loud sounds complicated, (laughs) but that's when that, when he was signing to her, I was hoping that there was a shared lie that was going on. That's what I was hoping. I think it'd be a longer signed conversation. Really? Yeah. Personally, that's my take. And then I know that Gren would know. That's true. See, you're finding your own plot holes. <laughs> plot holes, plot holes. Yeah, but you're right. Yes, definitely. There would be a few. Anyway, that was my hope. That was what was happening. Well, Callum's just young and thinks that he knows everything and has the clever plans, and he never does. Never does. Sometimes he does, but he mostly doesn't. Maybe I was just hoping for, you know, General Amaya to be a bigger presence in the season. I think she'll be a key character probably at the end game of the show. Mm. Um, Skipping ahead a bit into season two and talking a little about spoilers. Um, There is a flashback at one point. And, of course, in that flashback, as you mentioned, they don't explain, like, whether Amaya was born deaf or became deaf in that moment or anything. But they do explain the scar on her eye, and I thought that was great. Hmm. Not just as a, a substitute for like the audience expectation, like, oh yeah, show us how she lost her hearing. It's She gets this scar on her eye, and it's a physical stand-in for the emotional trauma that happens in that flashback. Which I think is great, because you meet her with a scar, and I remembered that she had a scar, because it's very visible. Yes. Um, and it wasn't until season two you realized like what that represented for her. Hmm. So I like that. I I really enjoyed that flashback for a lot of different reasons. Um, yeah, if, the two episode if, long flashback. If only to see Amaya with her sister, which is I think half of the story um, about Amaya. So if you want to know 
who Amaya is, she's the other side to this coin between mm-hmm. her and her sister, the queen. And without the queen, I think there is something missing for Amaya. And I, I'm interested to see what... I don't know how she comes into her own in season five? <laughs> what, do we want to say... I feel like four will get something um, in, integral to her character. And then five, I think she'll start being a larger presence. Yeah. And then, you know, early in six, she'll die. You think so? I don't want it to happen, but I feel like she's... I like her so much. I th- and then usually in fantasy ones, the ones that you like are the ones that are going to die. She's she's always on... at the front lines. She's always right there. Yeah. And, I mean, she's there with the... Um, was it the Sunfire elves? Yeah, yeah. In season two. In season two, she's there fighting them, so... I feel like mostly people don't die in these shows, though. Like, people get hurt and there are consequences. It's not like everything resets at the end of every episode, but for the most part, unless a death is really earned, people don't die. I guess that's true. But I feel like she will. (laughs) (laughs) That being said... I, I understand, but I feel there's something about me that I feel like there has to be a sacrifice. And I don't think they would sacrifice Callum. I don't think they would sacrifice Rayla. And I don't think you could sacrifice Ezrin. Mm-hmm. You have to collect one of each. You know, you have the mage, you have the, the warrior, and then you have the king. You can't lose any of those pieces, but... Tell us what you think, at WG Animated on Twitter. <laughs> Amaya's gonna die? Yes or no? You could also do at whatever the Dragon Princess on Twitter, because whoever runs their social media account is super engaged and active, but they probably <laughs> won't engage in spoilers. I don't think it's a spoiler. I think it's... Uh, a theory? A theory. Yeah. I don't think we'll even engage in theories, but if you want to talk about what's already happened or share fan art, that Twitter account will help you out. Yeah. So share your fan art. Share your General Amaya fan art. Because <laughs> I think there has to be more of that. There's plenty of Rayla and Callum. Let's, let, let's With their some... main character bias. And plus, you know, you do the ones with the cool character design. Yeah, there's some cool people. I will say my favorite background character in season two is definitely the Crow Master, but that's everyone's favorite background character. A crow Lord, I forget which one he is. The intern crow person. Yeah. Crow intern, yeah. Yes. It's more like Assistant General Crow Lord. <laughs> assistant to the Crow Master. Yeah. All right. Chris, did you have any favorite things either about um, the episode Bloodthirsty or. General Amaya in general. I think my favorite 
thing is it's just the surprise of the line um, about the locks. I think that's that's what it comes down to is is the first really um, stereotypical hero character. Like it's very Zap Brannigan. It's very you know Captain Kirkish. It's just this. I don't believe in locks. Just <laughs> and then just obviously seeing the power of observation. You know, somebody's here. Like just that whole moment. She just becomes that character so well. Mm-hmm. But then there's the thing that's not explained, which is the. She uses sign language, and there's nothing that calls out, and it's not forced, and it's not done in a way that is um, out of place. It just mm. it just works, and you don't question it. And it was just yeah, so nice to see. What about, what about it is it is, and it shouldn't be because it should be happening more. But thank you, uh, Dragon Prince for bringing General Maya out. For me, I think my favorite moment is kind of a Gren favorite moment, but it's also a Maya. Um, <laughs> ooh, I think, is it this episode? It's either episode four or five, maybe. I'm not sure which one. Uh, but she's talking to Viren back at the castle, and she says something that Gren is interpreting, and he says, uh, bull droppings. <laughs> And clearly is censoring Amaya. So I love that Amaya is a character who gets to swear in this show, but we never get to hear it as an audience <laughs> member. It's built in humor. It is really nice. It is really nice. I'm going to have yes. to go back and look to see if she does the ASL sign for that word. <laughs> yes, you do know what that is. Mm-hmm. I think you <laughs> used it one of your plays at one point, right? Uh, I don't know. I no, can't. No, can't. no, I don't think we did in in ASL. Okay. Although I am working on a play that's going to be in ASL, which is cool. Yay! Ta-da! Yay! Full circle. <laughs> Shall we talk about homework time? Let's. For your homework, we are following up on an episode from our first season of Writers Get Animated, um, which is Young Justice. The show, the experience, the unanswered questions. The justice that is youth. (laughs) The youthful justice. Um, Please watch, if you are able, season three, episode one, Princes All. It is available, Mackenzie on DC Universe or whatever the streaming service is called. I honestly don't remember. But it's DC and then it's something else. It's another word. I want to say Universe. Yes, it is. He's looking it up. DC Universe. (laughs) It's that. I thought it was DC Unlimited, but it's Universe. No, it's Marvel Unlimited for the comics. Ah. Yeah, see, there you go. All these giant comics conglomerations are the same to you, I know. DC Plus. (laughs) 
DC flicks. <laughs> anyway. As always, we want to say thank you to Nigel Cotino, our engineer, and thank you to Jacob Reed for our theme music. Uh, you can find all of our show notes in several different places, uh, both in Apple Podcasts or whatever app you use, and our Podbean website, which I don't even know what that address is. Writersgetanimated.podbean.com There we go. It's a good thing Chris knows. <laughs> Um, and you can find us on Twitter um, at WG Animated, uh, along with many other people we talk about in the show. They're also on Twitter. That's how we get our news and follow people. And if you're so kind, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell us how great we are. Or not, but we prefer to be told how great we are. Ah. <sighs> I, I don't know what else I need to say about anything. I just feel like rewatching episode five now. There you go. Just start the binge all over. Ah, uh, it's so. It was so nice to binge. Like, one good thing about getting the flu. Yeah, you gotta get the flu again. Oh, no, I'm sick. Oh, no, I'm sick. I have to watch nine episodes of The Dragon Prince. <laughs> Gotta stay home from work. Bye, guys. Uh. Bye, guys. Uh. <coughs> Uh-oh. Get out, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>